choose which timeline we want to get onto. And now is that time, now is that pivotal point. We are in the eye of the needle right now where we've got to decide what kind of society we want to live in. And it starts with us. It starts with us on an individual level. All of us are going to realize divergent timelines based upon the belief system that we pick. When do you believe the split will take place? Do you see it as gradual day to day or do you even see a, a fixed kind of start point to it? And obviously the storm is, from what I've gathered, is we're in the storm now. But when the storm passes, is that the point at which the train tracks fully become divergent or are, there, are we already moving on, those, on, on that way now? It's a fantastic question, Sean, um, and it's one that's going to be answered on my channel in the upcoming weeks. Uh, one, we are choosing. Sorry, Pete. Just is one thing from all my research and what I've been looking at. It's there's so many differing views on it and everything. It's just it'd be great just to have yours. That's that's all. We are choosing every moment of our lives what reality we want to live in, and it's basically comes down to how we create our point of attraction. What type of belief? So do we wake up in the morning and we're thinking about our problems and we're thinking about who screwed us over and we're thinking about who victimized us? That's the reality that we're choosing. If we wake up in the morning and we're grateful for all the experiences we've had, what it's created in us, what it's developed in us, if we look at what all the things we do have, what is working right in our life, and we focus on that, we grow our point of attraction in a positive, in a positive tilt. Um, when we when we have a trigger that comes up, an emotional trigger, and we feed into it and we, we go back into the victim narrative, we go back into the, oh my God, look at what's happened to me. Why did this happen to me? That whole bit. That's choosing a world that's tilted slightly towards hell. You know, um, when, we, when we lash back at people who've quote unquote wronged us, even though they're just fulfilling a soul contract, and we feed into that victim fear-based mentality, we create that divergent reality. And when we are focused, the, the purpose of our tribe and our channel is to focus empaths in the right direction, to focus them on releasing the old trauma, releasing that old experience and seeing it as the, the, the new beginning, the, the path that creates their divergent path towards this uh, ultimate um, perfect timeline, you know, the, the, the ultimate timeline that, that humanity can experience. And I'm going to tell you something. Nobody else is going to do it. We've got to create it for ourselves. And we're choosing every moment, moment to moment to moment to moment. We're shifting from different parallel realities. And our point of attraction, just like Abraham uh, says through, through her channel, uh, through the channel of Esther Hicks, we're choosing moment to moment with our point of attraction. And that state is being created by our, our, our inner guidance system, our intuition. Your feelings are never going to lie to you. They're always going to tell you what the right path is. And they're going to tell you when a narcissistic predator is in front of you that no matter what they're saying, no matter what words they're feeding you, that your, your, your intuition is screaming out in front of you. You know, this is, this is the way to go. Go this way. Don't go that way. Higher mind is always speaking to us through passion. And the way to follow the ultimate timeline is to forget about the past, forget about the traumas that we've had, release those things, forgive everybody who's transgressed and forgive ourselves. This is the most important point. For giving ourselves, for putting ourselves in that situation because we didn't know better. We did the best that we could with what the knowledge we had at the time. And most of us, we ran into narcissists and predatory individuals. We didn't even know those types of human beings existed, you know? So 
<laughs> but but we're we're so good at beating ourselves up over it. It's like no, that happened for a reason. It happened to wake us up. We've woken up now. It's on it's on us to choose the optimal timeline. How do we choose that? What types of feelings that we're creating? What types of feelings? What what's our point of attraction that we're anchoring in the moment? Are we are we focused towards this empath uprising? What what it is that we were purposely put here to do? Called to do? Are we focused on our calling? Are we focused on our highest excitement? Are we focused on our passion? Are we focused on fear and scarcity? And oh my God, here comes Bill Gates with his vaccine. That's the reality timeline that we're going to manifest, what it is that we're focused on. Where focus goes, energy flows, and that's the it's the oldest paradigm in psychology, and it's 100% true. Where our focus goes, our energy flows, and where our focus goes is what's going to expand, what's going to manifest, what's going to show up for us and what timeline we're, we're going to ultimately end up on. So the, the train tracks, to get back to your question, is the train tracks are going to be splitting over a long period of time. Bashar says five years. Over the next five years, we're going to have this, this splitting where we can actually shift moment to moment. It's, it's never where we're never, from what I understand, we're never going to be at a time, timeline where we can't shift. So our mission, you, me, Sean, the rest of this empathic tribe, is to get people to choose the ultimate timeline, choose the optimal timeline, choose choose love, choose prosperity, choose oneness. Choose over, passion. Choose passion every single time. Choose pa- passion is the way the higher mind speaks to us. The higher mind speaks to us through our passion. It calls us forward through our passion. It calls us forth through passion. So it is on us to follow the path of our highest excitement, Follow, follow our path to, to passion and purpose because it never, ever is wrong. It's always leading us in the right direction. And that's what this tribe is, is called to do. You, me, all of us in this tribe that's growing every day. I mean, yesterday I checked our analytics and yesterday 80 people subscribed. And now I'm like, oh my God, man, you and, you and I are in, in trouble, man, because now we've got to come up with great content to continue to, to lead these people. You know what I mean? I didn't see, I didn't see this tribe growing as quickly. It's crazy. It's 700 people have joined in a month, and and now like it's the pressure is really on for us to create um, to to create that optimal timeline to get people to choose that highest path of purpose. I agree. Well, my my podcast is about a hundred or so so far. I started in well, I was off work for two months with everything that's been happening. I started this. I think it was May, um, and I just thought I just tried kept making excuses to myself and I said do it because you've always wanted to do it and I've never looked back since and I'm just trying to grow as much as I can like I'm I do all this on Skype and then I upload them to Red Circle um, and I'm on Apple Podcasts and a few others but I'm trying to grow my own community myself and hopefully they get they go to you as well that's you know that's that's the point <laughs> but um no just kind of expanding and getting out and then improve that comes with improving content as well. I think that's a very, very good point. You know, even just for anyone doing content or anyone sharing a message, it's very important. You know, you, you always have to push, push the bar higher for yourself and for for those who listen. Absolutely. We're the pioneers, man. There's very little information out there about the, the super empath. So, and, and what the super empath's purpose here is on this, on this, on this earth and this, in this time, in this pivotal time. So we are the pioneers, man. We are the ones who are building upon each other's knowledge and intuition and uh, guidance. And um, it's, it's incredible. I can't think of a, a more optimal 
uh, time that we all come together. This is it, man. This is the moment right now. It's happening in front of us, in front of our eyes. So it's incredible. It's incredible time to be alive. Well, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, it's it, it's good to have that family aspect to it as well. And as you say, there isn't that much out there. And you always say on your channel, you know, you were brought to me. It's kind of like, I, you know, I internally, I felt like I was. And maybe you were brought to me as well. So that was kind of, that's always a nice, that's a nice thought to have. No question. I, I, there, there, are no, there are no coincidences now. Everything is happening via synchronicity and everything's happening via synchronicity because we're following our, our path of our highest excitement. You know, it's been my, it's been my pleasure to do this. It's, uh, it is the path of my highest excitement to, to wake our uh, other empathic brethren up. And when I read some of the comments out here about how I've changed lives and all this other stuff and woken people up to, their, to, their, to what it is that they're supposed to be doing here, I mean, that's the greatest gift you can imagine. And that's how I know, that's how I know for sure, because I'm going to tell you, when I started that channel, I'm like, I was racked with anxiety. Like, nobody's going to understand what I'm talking about. Empath with narcissistic traits? What the hell? Nobody's going to resonate with that. Um, you know, <laughs> drop your victim mindset, forgive the narcissist and forgive yourself and, and move on and, and, you know, you know, fulfill your, your potential. And that's, that is the, that is the, <laughs> that is the big deal right there. That is the, the point of, of it all. Is that that's the, the, that's the point at which it all comes together. Exactly. The, the narcissist's worst nightmare, okay, from their 3D fear-based reality is that empath walks out of their lives, blocks them, is indifferent to them, you know, cuts them out of their lives, gives them no chance to hoover, and goes, in, goes on and lives its highest potential. Because that's something a narcissist cannot do. They are trapped within that, that zombie state, chasing narcissistic supply for the rest of their lives until they... So they live out their their lonely existence and you know die alone. That's and that's the way it's going to end for for all narcissists, unfortunately for them. So, but you know it's it, that's not the fate of the empaths. That's not the fate. That's not doesn't have to be the fate of the empaths. Certainly, empaths can choose into that if they want. We have free will on this world. But uh, we're here. You and I are here to show people that uh, there is a there is another way, and it's an optimal way, and, and a way that leads to a to an earth that we never even imagined and we'd never seen anything like before. And, and we're on our way there now. I don't think it will be the end. It will be better than any, anything anyone can has ever imagined, ever seen. And it's gonna be, no one's gonna know what's coming. Yeah, that's, it's, uh, I've just had, I've had that feeling in my head for so long. And it's, yeah, right on the money. <laughs> Yeah. To be honest, Pete, yeah. Can you just talk about your own experience? What kind of woke up? You said about um, your best friend just before we started interviewing, just so I had a little bit of an idea just before I started. Would you mind just going into detail about that, Pete? Well, my best friend, quote unquote best friend, a covert narcissist, uh, showed up at my door uh, a year ago. And uh, he was basically broke and homeless and he went, he went from being this high roller in Sacramento, California, uh, which is about an hour and a half north of here. He went from this big shot, high roller, you know, social butterfly to being broke, homeless and, you know, desolate. And so he stayed with, he came, came and stayed with me for five months. And I basically, you know, managed his life, paid his show, bills. Showed show compassion. Yeah, showed compassion, took care of him for five months. And, uh, and ultimately, in the end, uh, he just decided to take whatever he could get. Um, and when I, when I realized that he was just there living a very parasitic lifestyle, 
I said, are you, are you really actually meaning to get your life back on track? Or are you just, you know, he was, he was ready to sit there and camp out there forever and basically rebuild his social status, rebuild on, his, his on your back, on, on my back, then go back to, you know, Sacramento, a, a hero. And, you know, and there would have been no gratitude or anything. And that's the, basically the way. So when I realized what happened, I did integrate immediately, went to the supernova state integrated my uh, inner psychopath, as Jordan Peterson would say, left my nice guy behind. And bam, I was awake. Uh, I was awoken to who I was that that narcissist did me the greatest favor ever, because here we are this tribe, this, this groundswell, this this movement would not be happening. had that narcissist not shown up, uh, showed up and, and woke me up. And I'll tell you, if you've ever dealt with a covert narcissist, they leave you more angry and more resentful and more bitter and, you know, and, and wanting revenge than anybody else, because literally with a covert narcissist, you have an individual who is in actuality completely the opposite of who they represent themselves to be. And you're thinking, how could I have fall, fall, fallen for that racket? And, uh, you know, this the guy was re really the, good, man. The opposite of yourself as well. Abs absolutely the opposite. And that's exactly what I needed to catalyze my wake up, because I'm going to tell you, he was not the first narcissist the universe sent me. And, and and in many ways, it took it it took it easy on me with a, with a male covert narcissist who was just a friend. If this was an if this was a female and it was like a love interest, my God, I can only imagine the coals I would have been dragged over. Well, that's because um, that's that, that was my case. One of my love interests I've had in my life, maybe several even. Um, that's what I've been dealing with. Um, I, I I male narcissists. There's probably has been a few I, I can't bring to mind right now, but in terms of the female ones, in terms of love life, yeah, I've, 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 I have danced with them. And in terms of the coals, <laughs> you feel like, you know, you just petrol has just been poured underneath you and everything's just gone whoosh. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it happens time and time and time again. And like, yeah. Sex, sex is one of the narcissist's most potent weapons so when you introduce intimacy into the into the mix and and love you know love from our side you know uh there's no the there's the no love the reflections of what the reflections of ourselves that we see in them right and and let me tell you it's it's a, especially with me the worst the worst was was a borderline personality disordered individual because i didn't know what i was up against there's so much information out there about narcissists, very little about dealing with the borderline. And the borderline is, is a, oh my God, a nightmare in and of itself, because you just don't know what you're dealing with. There's no point of reference for dealing with somebody who's, and it's, it's a tragedy because borderlines suffer a lot themselves and, and that suffering radiates outward. So I was in a, a six year relationship with a borderline and then had a string of narcissistic females in my life. And my God, it finally took that covert narcissist to come in and wake me up because I got to see that in reality, this narcissist is completely the opposite of who I thought he was. Thought he was this wonderful pillar of the community, this great guy, this great, loving, caring, compassionate person. And in reality, turned out to be the exact opposite. Covert narcissists are, they leave people so resentful because if you were to make a list of traits of covert narcissists and then next to that, make a list of traits of just despicable traits out of human being, you'd have a, you'd have a similar list. You know what I mean? You'd have an identical list. So like one of those activities you do in a kid, when you connect the left column to the right column and you know, you've got no lines left to match because they all just go hand in hand. 
That's the thing with covert narcissists, man. They are they are distinct from from borderlines and distinct from overt grandiose narcissists in the fact that the exhibitionist grandiose narcissist is actually likable. They've got good qualities. They've got some, and their narcissism to some point, just like the president of the United States, is it's utilitarian. It, it serves a purpose. But the covert narcissist is this ugh, just a f- complete absolute facade an absolute fraud everything about them is fraudulent from top to bottom and they're just really there's they literally in the end you you notice that they don't have any redeeming qualities at all this is just a deplorable human being they leave people more resentful than anybody no psychopath is going to compete with a covert narcissist as far as how resentful and angry you're going to be in the in the end of it which is great that's exactly what i needed i needed to be angry needed to be resentful needed to integrate my shadow x elements needed to integrate my inner psychopath and because it propelled me to this point. And look where we're at, man. We're at a pivotal point. Um, this tribe has just started. It's only a month old. And the groundswell is is apparent. It all comes together at the right time, doesn't it? And that's, that's the ultimate uh, message of the channel. It's to take what was meant, what the enemy meant for harm, and to turn it for the good of, not just for your good, but for the good of everybody. Yeah. To the use al- those experiences. The alchemic transmutation. Absolutely. Paulo Coelho. <laughs> Trice magistrates. No, it's yeah. Again, Pete, yeah, I agree. Now, I was I was watching um. You know, you mentioned uh, President of the United States, and I was watching Trump's rally on YouTube the other night. And you know, you think some of it's a lot of hot air, but you know, you have it's some of it's quite funny, and it's you know, he is charismatic. You have to give him that. He knows how to play a crowd absolutely perfectly well. Um. He's not a politician, but I just found it very interesting just to watch it, just kind of stay in a neutral kind of mindset and just be like, yeah, <laughs> don't know how to describe yeah. it, but obviously I don't, have, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an American, so I don't really have as much of a, I don't know as much as probably yourself, but I just found it just very interesting just for a kind of an outsider perspective. Yeah, I don't have an opinion on Donald Trump either way. Um, I think he's an entertainer, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's he's the kind of person that uh, needs to be there right now, somebody who just is literally Teflon. I mean, he doesn't really care what you say about him. He's the ultimate grandiose narcissist. He could care less what anybody thinks, what anybody, you know, what... His, his narcissism is utilitarian, unlike the covert narcissists. You know, covert narcissists, their narcissism is completely self-serving, and... Somebody like Donald Trump is, is somebody whose narcissism can actually serve a purpose here if, if it's channeled in the right direction. I don't have an opinion on it. I'm completely neutral. When it comes to narcissists, I am always indifferent because that's the thing that kills a narcissist. That they, that's, the, that's the thing that causes the most devastating narcissistic inju- injury is your, besides my narcissistic destroyer pattern, which I don't know. I'm going to probably put that up on a Patreon because it's too, it's too deadly to 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 put out there just for anybody to weaponize because a narcissist might be able to get a hold of that and really harm somebody with it. But the worst thing you can do with a narcissist is completely be indifferent to them. And that's why no contact is, it, it creates a devastating narcissistic injury because it makes, it renders the narcissist invisible and renders the narcissist non-existent. And narcissists believe that they're the center of the universe. So when you're indifferent to them, that's the most devastating thing you could do to them is just have no positive or because narcissists, Narcissistic supply comes in positive and negative forms. Positive and negative reinforcement both feed the narcissist. So indifference is what starves them. It cuts the fuel supply and, and, and they have to go looking elsewhere. And 
and they have to deal with the fact that they're indifferent to somebody. And narcissists don't get over that. They, they literally obsess over that. Why isn't this person having a reaction to me? Why am I not the center of this person's universe? It drives them absolutely insane. And that's what most empaths don't understand when they want to do this active revenge. They want to get this, you know, they want to hurt the narcissist. The way to hurt the narcissist is to make them, render them invisible, render them obsolete, render yourself indifferent to them so that they, they literally don't exist. And, and that most devastating thing you can do to a narcissist. So that's my reaction to all narcissistic individuals. They just, a complete indifference. They don't get any fuel from me at all. It's putting yourself in that in that position of power, isn't it? Not not for not for the sake of power, but just for yourself and have control of your life and self love and all this other stuff. And um, you know, you would you would think that being super over empath and using having that power would be something to neutralize it, but it's ironic actually in a way that that probably causes you and you know, it blows back more in your face sometimes than it does them. And indifference, mm -hmm. as you say, is key. And, you know, you wouldn't maybe looking at it for someone who's kind of just discovering this for the first time or is a bit lost in in the mist. You wouldn't think that the indifference is the key, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, because it's hard for empaths to put themselves in the narcissist's uh, shoes. It's hard for empaths to be empathic when it comes to narcissists. Um, they just, they just think you just think they're alien, and you just think there's something completely out of your, you know, your right. world, world of perception. So why right. would you, why would you put yourself in their shoes? You know, you think their actions are vile, completely against you, but at your core, you actually have those traits yourself. Absolutely. Maybe not, maybe not all of them, but you know, if you use, if you use the the idea of a vaccine. Okay, the kind of a weakened pathogen in order to strengthen the organism. You know, you can't, if you don't have something at your core, obviously you can't, it, there's nothing there to strengthen or to make part of, the, of, your, of your corpus. So therefore to integrate the shadow into you means to integrate those parts of you that you don't like, that you, you know, that you didn't like about the narcissist and that's how you become whole. What, that's what super empaths. Uh, that's why super empaths are of, of such great value to to the empathic tribe in general, to the empathic brethren in general, because we we think we can think like a narcissist. We can get inside a narcissist's uh, mindset, and we can't be. And the, the other thing is, we are immune to narcissistic injury. We can't be. You cannot inflict a narcissistic injury on an empath. That's something that people don't understand. That's why narcissists can't sustain the fight. That's why they they completely disengage once they've. They've suffered uh, narcissistic injury because they can't strike back at an empath. You can't hurt an empath with a narcissistic injury. Narciss empath has no false self. We've got narcissistic traits, so we've got their powers, and we can see into their world. We can see the perspective from uh, we can see the world from their perspective, but we cannot be injured in the way they can be injured. That's why the super empath is an unstoppable force of nature when it decides to strike back. Do you think, Pete, that, you know, okay, we talk about empaths involving and growing their powers. Do you think that narcissists have the ability to do that as well in terms of they can evolve and inflict more injury? Or do you think that their narcissism in that sense limits their ability that they always think they will be the greatest thing ever and that is a limiting factor and therefore they cannot grow based, based on that perception? Not that they can't ever grow, but... Within the construct of pathological narcissism, pathological narcissism 
it cannot be cured. And the reason is because as Sam Beck, I'm going to use Sam Beckman's verbiage uh, specifically verbatim. Okay. Pathological narcissism colonizes the individual psychology. It colonizes. So it essentially takes over as a construct and puts the narcissist within a box or framework. That's why narcissistic personality disorder is a maladaptive, maladaptive coping strategy. It puts you, confines you within a box and their big, their big limitation besides being able to be devastated by a narcissistic injury and have a, suffer a collapse of a false self, destruction of the false self, which is the only point of breakthrough that they can have. But, but most narcissists are not going to let you get there. They're going to disengage and run as soon as you inflict that first narcissistic injury because they can't sustain it. They just literally can't sustain it. They're so incredibly fragile at their core. And that's the thing. A narcissist can dish it out, but they can't take it. So the narcissistic uh, personality disorder, once it, we're not talking about narcissistic traits here, we're talking about the entire disorder, the entire construct, colonizes the individual. They are now trapped in that maladaptive construct, chasing narcissistic supply for the rest of their lives. I mean, their, their fate, their karma is literally a terrible, terrible thing to, uh, situation. Because can you imagine, you've got to constantly have this source of supply and you've got to maintain a, a, a garage or, or a closet full of, of these supply sources. And if you, if you happen to run out or, or run into a shortage or somebody just slips out and goes no contact you and, and it completely throws you. I mean, they, become, they get into a panic. And this is why many narcissists become clingy, needy. They become borderlines when they are short on supply. You'll see them go to desperate measures to gain any set, uh, source of supply. It's, it's really a pathetic thing to watch a collapsed narcissist. What advice do you give people to kind of notice covert narcissists or borderline in life? Just kind of bringing well, stuff full circle. There's plenty of lists out there um, right now. The borderline is, is very difficult to detect, um, except that there are very, very specific red flags. The, you're going to have the same red flags with a covert narcissist as you are with a borderline. Number one, idealization and love bombing. You're going to notice a soulmate connection right off the bat. This person, you know, is, is calling you their quote unquote best friend right away. As soon as you meet them, you don't know anything about them. They don't know anything about you, but you're the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's always the idealization phase. With both borderline and a narcissist, you're going to have an idealization phase where you're being credited for things that you had nothing to do with, you know. Um, Secondly, there's going to be no boundaries. Boundaries are not going to be respected. They're going to want to be with you all the time. They're going to have all your attention. They're going to want to, borderlines especially, because they are legitimate codependents. Um, they're legitimately needy and clingy. The narcissist, covert narcissist, just wants narcissistic supply. So if you're, if you're his new primary source, he's going to, or she is going to latch onto you and, and want to have all your attention and want to spend all their time with you. And the third one is... Uh, yeah. So, so first one, idealization, no boundaries. And um, that's, that's pretty much it. Anytime you meet somebody and they have all of your likes and dislikes and don't have any disagreements with you, you know, you're being, there's someone's running a game on you. You know what I'm saying? They literally agree with everything that you think and they like, oh, they have all your likes and dislikes. When somebody's mirroring you and you don't have any disagreements with them, the old saying is, if it looks too good to be true, it's definitely it's 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 definitely not true. It's it's a borderline or a covert narcissist who's mirroring you. Let's just we'll call it 
do it full circle there, Pete. Just any advice to anyone listening? I know you've you've given quite a lot, but any kind of final kind of closing comments? Just what um, anything you'd like to say? That's it, man. I don't. I don't. I don't want anybody to look at me as some kind of leader. I was here to uh, catalyze this this uh, this groundswell, this uh, this this movement, this this uprising of of the empathic brethren. And now at this point, it's on every individual empath to take the lead themselves. And I'm counting on them to do that. I I I, we'll do, we'll do I, <laughs> I would say every empath out there that's listening to this needs to needs to put their share their content, share their story put content out there to where they are synergizing with other empaths and be the leaders. Be the, don't look for a leader. Be the leaders. Be the change that you want to see in the world, as Gandhi would have said. Couldn't agree more. All right, people. Well, thank you.